Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. My guest is going to be Dr. Patrick Cohn, who is a sports psychology expert, and we're going to be talking about three different topics, how to avoid momentum shifts, being nervous about having people watch you play, and also improving your mental toughness while you're off the courts, what you can do about that. So a lot of great topics. Before we get to that, I want to just quickly address those of you that have been waiting for a new episode, and this will probably be a minute or two. If you want to skip forward to my uh, conversation with Dr. Cohn, feel free to do so. But for those of you that are curious, <laughs> I, I just I want to say, first of all, thank you to everybody that has been sending me notes, asking me what the deal is, saying that you missed the show, etc. You know, on one hand, I feel badly about it, and that's the second thing I want to say is I'm sorry that there's been such a delay in getting a new episode out. I, I feel badly about that. I went over three years without missing a single week, and now there's been this this big delay. And it all began with me wanting to do something special, specifically for the 200th episode of the podcast. I had actually a very special guest lined up that I, I kind of had this planned several weeks out, and I, I won't get into the details, but it just didn't pan out. It just didn't work out for the 200th episode. So that fell through after several weeks of, of trying to, to get it together and, and get, get that guest to, to spend time with me, basically. And, and after that fell through, I basically ran right into the release of Doubles Domination. And the, the preparation for that was really big and over 900 people signed up. So as you can imagine, the work involved since the release has been very, very big as well. So that got me sidetracked. And But now I'm finally recording a new episode, and I'm sorry it's taken so long. And yes, I will continue doing the show. To, to be totally honest, it's probably not going to be every single Monday, you know, every single week, the way it has been in the past, but I will continue to do it. To, to be totally honest, video has taken more of a priority for me recently. I, I still love the podcast, and I, I still listen to podcasts myself and audiobooks. I, I love audio, but... The, there's no denying that video is much, much more popular when it comes to tennis instruction. And so, you know, as, as I continue working on essential tennis, that's going to continue to be more and more of a, of a priority for me. But I'm not going to stop the podcast completely. I, I still do enjoy doing it. So thank you so much to those of you that have been patiently waiting for a, a new episode, and I will continue to do them. All right. So with that, let's Let's go ahead and, and oh, and by the way, I'm sorry about 200th episode. I, I did have something special planned. Apologize that it fell through, but I'm sure all of you are, are just more looking forward to just getting back to the regular instruction anyway. So with that, let's go ahead and get to it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. My guest today on the Essential Tennis Podcast is Dr. Patrick Cohn. He's from sportspsychologytennis.com, and he's also the host of an excellent 
tennis podcast all about mental tennis, mental toughness, tennis psychology, and it is aptly called the Tennis Psychology Podcast. You guys can find that on iTunes and also on his website at sportspsychologytennis.com. You guys, of course, are um, very familiar with, with Dr. Cohn, unless you're a new listener to the show. He's been on the Essential Tennis Podcast many times, and uh, for good reason. Uh, Dr. Cohn, good to have you back. Thanks for having me again, Ian. You bet. Well, I, I asked for some questions from fans of Essential Tennis on Twitter and on Facebook the other day, and I want to say thank you, by the way, to everybody that responded. I always appreciate your input. I apologize that we can't you know, possibly get to everybody's questions, so I'm sorry to everybody whose questions we don't get to today, but I'm very confident that the questions that we do answer here, or that Dr. Cohn does answer, are going to be a great help to all of you, so... Um, you at least have that if your uh, question doesn't get answered here. Uh, so, Dr. Cohn, you all uh, set to jump in here? Ready to go. All right. So, um, I picked out three questions here that I, I thought would be interesting to talk about uh, with you. I, I'm curious to hear your responses to these. The first one is from Micah on Twitter. Micah uh, wrote and said, uh, a little bit condensed uh, due to Twitter, but he said, uh, very common, even with top players, after a break or an easy hold, it's easy to play a sloppy game, tips to prevent. And I totally agree. Even on the professional level, Dr. Khan, we'll see a player work really hard to win a, a certain game. Maybe it's a break of serve, uh, to get back on serve, uh, etc. And then there just seems to be a, a mental or emotional kind of letdown in the next game, and they just lose it in like 90 seconds. And it's just quickly, they go right back to being in the hole again. What's happening there? A couple things come to mind for me, Ian. One is um, when you really bear down and, and try to get that break, for example, and you're really focused on every point, it takes a lot of mental energy to do that. Sure. And it, it takes a, a, a special player, a, a special type of focus to be able to really be in each and every point one at a time and give your complete focus, intensity, and motivation. And I think there can be simply a letdown mentally after that because you're a little bit drained mentally after that maybe long game or, or um, difficult break that you just had. So from that perspective, it makes sense to me that just the focus is not going to be sharp right after that. Obviously, that doesn't help Micah here, so we need to come up with a solution for how he's going to be able to overcome that. And the key for me is to, instead of relax and kind of hold on uh, and rest on that great break or that easy hold, um, and I think there are two different things, really, for me. The, you know, the easy hold is, okay, this is going easy. Uh, I don't need to give... 100% intensity and focus, and I can still win this match versus after that tough break and, and grinding hard, there's a little bit different mentality, and that is, okay, um, let's just protect it. Let's just stay on top and protect it. So from that perspective, what you have to look at, Mike, is number one is you got to keep your pedal to the metal and keep um, uh, that aggressive mindset, keep going for your shots, and not just sit back and say my opponent is going to make mistakes and I'm going to win this next game. That will be, you know, uh, my, my first thing. Uh, 
the other comment I would have is you have to um, continue to um, try and separate the past, what just happened, from what's going on right now. Hmm. Because only the current game, only the current point counts. And often I think players take too much garbage, they take too much baggage, they take too much things from the past into the current point or the current game. And so you have to be very good at separating what just happened after that that break or that easy hold and get right back on your game plan the next game. Yeah, I think there's just kind of a human nature. I think human nature, in a, at least in a small part, kind of takes over. You were talking about putting all of that mental energy and mental effort into maybe fighting really hard and, and getting that break of serve. And I think it's really natural for us to say, ah, oh, I did it. <laughs> and then just kind of relax. And then that's when that slappy game comes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can just relax, not so much physically, but mentally there right. can be just, yeah. oh, okay, that was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and however, you, you still need to win like 10 more games to, to win the match. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Micah, hopefully that's helpful. Any any other uh, final tips before we go on to our, our next question? You know, once again, um, it's just about playing that one point with the right level of intensity, the right level of focus. And if you can do that, you know, each and every match, separate the last point, the last game from the next point, the next game, then you're going to be much better off mentally. So should should our general goal then, Dr. Cohn, be to essentially have a totally even keel, you know, a, a kind of amount of output emotionally and, and mentally throughout a match? Yeah, absolutely. You want to be um, have that even keel emotionally and mentally. It doesn't mean you can't take momentum. I think momentum is very powerful when you're you, you're making some good shots or you're you're winning some games. That's very, very powerful, and you want to work that over. You, you want to carry that with you. However, when it's not happening for you, you do want to stay on that even keel, and you really want to have a short memory and start afresh. So there's a little bit of difference between whether things are going well for you in the match and you have momentum or you're on the opposite end of that. You don't have momentum. You want to kind of start reset the cue and start from afresh. Okay. All right, great. Good stuff. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and move on to our second question of three. This is an interesting one, and I thought, Dr. Cohn, that you'd be able to really share some insight on this since you have a, a daughter who is a pretty close in age, right? How old is she now? 12, 13? Yeah, 13. 13. So Mike wrote in on, on Facebook, and he said, my 14-year-old daughter, who has been um, the local under-18 girls champion for the last two years, that's awesome, often loses her focus when she's being watched by people she knows, i.e. family and friends. She becomes very frustrated and upset when missing shots she would normally make in her sleep. It sometimes gets that we have to walk away from the court for her to finish a match victorious. Do you have any solutions? Walk away. (laughs) No. Um, This goes under the category, Ian, of um, social approval. When family and friends are there, she obviously wants to do well. She wants to impress them. She wants their respect. 
something along that line. I put it in this general category of social approval. She's too tuned in to worrying about how others are going to perceive her game. And then as a result, that frustration sometimes, Ian, can be not only her expectations for doing well, but she wants to show other people yeah. that, hey, I'm better than that. Right. that, that That's an easy shot. I should make that. So sometimes the antics, the outward fr- display of frustration can be to show others that you're actually a better player than that. So um, what I would recommend for uh, this young player is that she needs to create a bubble around herself, her opponent, and the court. Because that's the only thing that matters is what's going on inside the lines. Nothing outside the lines. Her focus is if she plays differently and makes more mistakes when others are watching, that tells me part of her mentality, part of her mind, and her thinking is outside the lines and and wondering about what other people are thinking. And and I'll just digress for a second, Ian, because I was working with a young volleyball player, and we were talking about this exact concept, that she wanted others to see her as the star, Mm -hmm. even other parents. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, well, when you're on the court – how much time are you actually thinking about that? And she said, about 40% of the time, <laughs> I'm thinking, when I'm playing, I'm thinking about how others are perceiving me. Sure. So it's not only a huge distraction for the player, but in addition, it creates a sense of expectation or urgency or worry about how are others perceiving my game. So she has to get over, and there's no simple answers here, Ian. I mean, this. You know, if I was working with a player, it would take maybe two, three sessions to to get through this. Is she has to understand why she's focusing on what other people think about her, and then the next step is she has to overcome that process and be able to only focus on inside the lines, as I said. How important? Um, how important are between point rituals when it comes to? keeping the focus inside the lines, as, as you put it. A, a player that comes to mind for me right away that seems to really maintain focus and kind of keep things within, again, to use your term, uh, within her bubble is Maria Sharapova. We, we were just talking about her as we were recording your uh, podcast episode. But she finishes points. Her eyes immediately go down to her racket. She has that totally repeatable ritual of going back behind the baseline, looking at her strings, doing the little hop with her feet, and it just seems like she's so present just right there within, you know, three feet around her and she's not paying attention to anything else. Is Are, are those kind of rituals helpful as far as keeping the focus and attention within the lines? Absolutely. It's a great observation, Ian, and I think Sharapova does that very, very well. As you know, she's a very mentally tough player. Um, and I would add to that and I would say, do not let your eyes wander. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've been at some of the junior tournaments and you see the kids after every point, they <laughs> oh, look yeah. over to the to the stands and, are, you know, are my parents happy with that or are they upset with that shot? Between, so, between shots even, you'll see them look up. Uh, yeah, so between points, do, you know, do not go to the stands. Keep your eyes, like you say, keep your eyes on your racket, go and towel off. Um, think about your strategy for the next point, process the last point, let the last point go. 
Um, I actually have a report on this that people can download at sportspsychologytennis.com about the top mistakes players make between points and how to correct those mistakes. But it's a great point is keep your focus on your racket, on telling off, getting ready, your strategy for the next point. Do not let the eyes and the mind wander to who's watching the match. So going back to Mike and his daughter, obviously these are not difficult concepts to understand, but they're obvious, obviously all easier said than done in terms of actually putting them in the practice, especially for you know a younger uh, player. So for practical purposes right now, for Mike, would you recommend to him that he and his, his family members and friends stay and continue to watch his daughter to help her work through this and try to get her a little bit tougher mentally while working with her on what to do to avoid these problems? Or when he sees her starting to have issues, should he leave and let her perform? Once again, that's a great question. It's at the heart of the issue for juniors, I think. My first response would be you want the player to be able to work through this because it's going to make her a more mentally tough player, especially if she goes on and she plays college where you know, you're going to have bigger crowds watching. Absolutely important that she learns how to deal with it and stay within the lines and not allow her focus. So th- that's the ideal scenario. But Right now, I would want her to have a discussion with her, her, her father and her mother and her family members about how, how do you want us to behave when we go to the, the matches? How do you want us to behave? Do you want us to blend into the background? Do you want us to sit up in the front row of the stands? Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe a little discussion right now would also help about what does she want them to do on the sidelines, and 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 that's important. Knowing how you, how your player wants you to react on the sidelines. Some players want you to be silent. Some players want you to support them. Mm-hmm. Some players want you to go and hide behind the stands. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's okay temporarily to find out what is it that she needs so that she can she can play her best. But at the same time, I would give her skills and, and work on strategies like you suggested between point rituals, letting go of the social approval so that um, it, in the long run, it makes her a more mentally tough player. All right. Good stuff. Well, obviously, a very complicated scenario, right? Like lots of stuff going on. It's very common, though, I think, in uh, I junior tennis circles. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, Mike, best of luck uh, with that, and best of luck to your daughter. Um, hopefully, she continues to do so well. It sounds like she's uh, doing great. All right, so let's move on to our third and final question here. Again, from Facebook, Ben wrote and said, "What activity?" I'm looking forward to this one. I'm curious what you have to say about this. This is a new topic for us, Dr. Cohn. Ben said, "What activities or exercises would Dr. Cohn recommend for us off the court?" to improve our mental toughness? Well, Ian, it always starts, improving your mental game always starts off the court. It's never about just going on the court and trying a new you know, strategy or new tactic or, or, or a new technique on your mental game. So I always recommend to players that it's really a three-step process. The mental training starts with doing a full assessment of where you are with your strengths and weaknesses, learning some mental strategies off the court, 
whether it's refocusing strategies in or um, whether it's learning how to uh, hone your visualization skills or whether it's learning how to be more what I call proactive with your confidence and many other skills. Then you have to take it to practice situations where whether it's practice points or practice sets where you're just practicing with a, a fellow player, a teammate, whatever it may be. And then finally you put it into the match scenario. So it always starts with the education and then there's that, that application part that is the most difficult for players in terms of the mental game. And so when I teach the, the mental coaches, I have a certification program for mental coaches called the MGCP certification program. I teach them that, hey, it's easy to have an athlete learn how to refocus, learn how to do visualization, learn how to be more proactive with their confidence. But your success is really going to be determined by how well they can apply it to practice and competition. So I hope I'm not diverging too much, but that, that to me is a very, very important part of the mental toughness. It starts off court with education and understanding yourself and some of uh, your strengths and weaknesses from your mental game, learning some strategies, and then uh, starting to apply it to practice and eventually competition. So let me ask you about that first of, of the four steps. You, you said assessment of strengths and, and weaknesses. For, for those people who are listening at home, Ben included, how do you recommend that recreational tennis players do that? How, how can we possibly, uh, question number one, how can we possibly be subject, subjective as far as like knowing what our strengths and weaknesses are? And also, what are we looking for exactly? Is there some kind of, you know, checklist of things we're looking for, uh, pros and cons, or as far as strengths and weaknesses? Well, I actually do have a simple checklist that I don't think it's posted on sportspsychologytennis.com, but I could provide it to you, um, and you could get it to your listeners, or um, they can email me at patrick at peaksports.com if they want me to send them that checklist. But yeah, you, it, it's hard if you don't know um, your own mental game challenges, it's, it, you don't really know where to start. Right. So you do have to have like a checklist of things. And um, I have a, that preliminary assessment that I often do with athletes to kind of screen them out to see if they're in need of the mental coaching to start with. And so the, to me, the, the check, the, I'll give you the short version of it. Mm -hmm now so so your subscribers and your listeners can can start with the process but n number 1 do you place very high expectations on yourself which cause you to um have problems with confidence or emotional control number 2 how well do you focus on the process one point at a time we've talked about that quite a bit in the podcast how well do you um are you proactive with your confidence or do you have a lot of self doubt prior to matches right? Uh, do you become easily frustrated with your performance? Um, if you miss uh, one, you know, forehand winner, one, you know, easy volley, do you fly off the handle? That will be another sign okay. right there. Um, how well do you prepare for points? You know, uh, whether it's serve or return a serve, how well do you do with your pre, do you have a good pre uh, or um, between point ritual as we talked about earlier. So that's just off the top of my head. There's certainly other things that you want to look at with the mental game. And that's where a trained mental game expert can help you 
is to identify what are your strengths and weaknesses, and that's a great place to start. It's kind of the old uh, adage, you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You just, you just keep doing those bad habits if yeah. you don't know that they're bad habits. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing that evaluation form, I, I'd, I'd love to post it underneath uh, today's episode of the podcast. Absolutely. I can, um, uh, we can post it on the Sports Psychology Tennis, or I can send it to you to post on Essential Tennis. Uh, why don't we I tell you what? Why don't we? Well, I'll put a link below today's episode. Um, why don't you post that on your website, Doctor Cohn? And I'll mm-hmm. I'll post a link below today's episode, linking back to that uh, evaluation form. Uh, thank you so much for being willing to share that. It's, it's very nice of you. Certainly. All right. Um, any final thoughts on Ben's uh, question? Uh, thanks for laying that out. That was really good stuff. Well, there's so much that goes into it. It's really hard. I mean, I think what we can do, Ian, is let's come back and revisit that 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 question and sure. and and dive more. You know, spend spend the entire show on just th- those issues that that we talked about on on that last question. Okay, that would be great. Well, um, in that case, I, I want to thank. Micah, Mike, and Ben, thank you guys for your questions. And again, everybody else who submitted questions, uh, who, whose questions didn't make it on the show, thank you so much for your participation. And of course, I want to thank you, Dr. Cohn, for your time and your input. I appreciate it. My listeners appreciate it. Excellent information as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. That's it for episode number 200 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today or tonight or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. Appreciate having you as a listener. And if you have any comments or questions having to do with today's episode or anything that you heard within it, please feel free to let me know by going to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast, going to episode number 200 and then leaving any comments or questions right below. You'll see a comments section. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. I've got uh, episode number 201 already lined up, by the way. I have Frank Giampaolo back on the show. He's an expert in all things having to do with tennis parenting. And I have some really good questions lined up for him. So... That will be coming out very soon, probably within the next week. So keep your eyes and and ears open for that. And I look forward to uh, bringing that episode to you as well. So until then, thank you so much for listening. Take care and good luck with your tennis. 